Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Thank you for saving me. Friendship kisses. That's nope. all it is. It's nope. not a thing of anything else. <laughs> nope, that was 900% Luke being into Leia and then everyone regretting Friendship it. Friendship kiss shot first. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and today, we're just lucky to be alive. Me <laughs> yeah, and my man. co-host, yes. Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Matthew Aguilar. What up? And over in our lounge section today, Queen of Anime herself, Megan Peters, is back with us. Yes, I'm lucky to be back with all of you. Yeah, like I said, we're lucky to be alive today, because uh, whether you know it or not, Comic Book Nation and uh, ComicBook.com, we are based here in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, yeah, in the middle of the night, while we were all laying our slumbering <laughs> heads down, we got hit by a tornado, and it destroyed a good part of our eastern My section of our entire neighborhood city basically. and uh yeah janelle's yeah. entire neighborhood so i was watching it out of my window yeah, you've by... been living like a real life twister it last crazy. night like... no this is really crazy when i was walking around assessing the damage outside this reeking smell of a gas leak and all i could think of being from orlando and going to universal studios all the time it smelled like the ride twister i thought i was in the real life version of twister i mean you were it like, was crazy yeah all that requires is tornado and a lot of land destruction, and you got Gas both leaks. of those last yeah. night. And Helen Hunt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I wish she was there. She made life a lot better. <laughs> Helen, so, yeah. come to Nashville. Help <laughs> us out. Thankfully, I mean, there was some loss of life last night, and it was very tragic. Thankfully, everybody we know, everybody associated with comicbook.com, Brandon Davis, you know, uh, Victoria, you know, all these people from our kind of crew who live in these different section parts of the city are okay. Man, that took a long time to get to that part. But yes, they're okay. And thank like, you to everybody okay. who reached out on Twitter and yes. you know, yeah, a bunch of people reached so out nice. to us. And that was yeah. really nice. So thank you for Meanwhile, that. Meanwhile, I and I I feel bad because I haven't responded to many because number one, we lost power, still don't have power, and I can't like I can't get a hold of anyone because I woke up and I'm like, I need to watch The Walking Dead before the podcast and had to <laughs> priorities. I, yeah. pri- True. I think I think you're good. No True one priorities. is no one is blaming you for not responding. You're fine. You've been dealing yeah. with stuff. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. We're glad to be here today. We're glad the studio's still here. We are all glad we can make it in and be here to talk to you. And uh yeah, man, we're going to appreciate the day by talking about a whole bunch of nerdy stuff and escape a little bit, because we could use the free therapy, and I'm sure you could too. Absolutely. So, today, we are going to talk about Star Wars. We are going to talk about Marvel. We're going to talk about The Walking Dead. We're going to talk about what is streaming, because, yo, I mean, this coronavirus stuff is getting real, so we got to beef up our streaming uh, coverage, because you guys might not be going out to crowded theaters as much. We want to let you know what you can be watching at home, so we got some reviews for you. Cool. We got some anime review to do with Megan, and Matt's doing comics, so basically everybody's got a little shtick to do today on this show. Everybody's got one of their lanes to flex out, and we'll see who messes up and who doesn't. <laughs> who will rise, who will fall, we'll see <laughs> on this episode. Why do you have to put this pressure on us? I know. Service. I don't understand. This was hey, just a fun day. makes diamonds or crushes coal. We'll see what happens. Wow. I was going for the All Hunger right. Games horn, and that didn't turn out right. That was. If <laughs> someone does like, the Hunger Games, right, somebody right, needs right, to do right. like the Let's Hunger Games. Let's get to the whistle. news. The people came for the news, not our troubles. So, jumping right into the news today, the first thing we're going to talk about is Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. So, we all thought we were done with this, but not yet. The uh, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker novelization is about to drop um, at C2E2 in Chicago this past weekend. There were kind of promo copies of the book given out. And, you know, what's become funny about, well, novelizations in always, but Star Wars in specifically, is there's been this kind of weird trend, especially around the Rise of Skywalker, where we've gotten so much more information and, like, relevant, interesting information about the kind of sequel trilogy and its characters from novelizations or comic books that are out. And uh, I'm sure you guys have heard Brandon Davis's rants about this on the show. 
about what and what is kind of like official continuity and how you should be able to access it in Star Wars. And so now it's kind of funny because as we've been talking about this, this Rise of Skywalker novelization is coming out. And it's dropping more details about what we saw on the screen. And there, it's it's hilarious just how many crucial details of the story, like, weren't fully explained on the screen and were kind of, like, vague and weird. Yeah. So uh, there's two things that have people freaking out right now based on this book. The first thing is the reveal that the Emperor Palpatine, you know, all this talk we had about how did he survive and, like, what that all was about. It was hinted at at some of that he had kind of cloning technology to make his kind of Snoke bodies and all that stuff. We never got any kind of mechanics on how that all worked and how he had survived. Uh, The novel confirms that the Palpatine we see in the movie is actually a clone. It is not the original Sheev Pappletine, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of like pissing a lot of people off for a variety of reasons. Yeah, some people think it's a stupid explanation. Some people think it's a fine explanation if it had been explained in the movie. In the movie, yeah. instead of just kind of throwing this guy in there, and some people are just mad that this is yet another piece of key detail storytelling that was like not at all in this movie. Just like that opening scene on Mustafar with Darth Vader's like you know castle planet, where we have no idea where Kylo Ren is going or like yeah who he's fighting in that montage, and it's this crucial piece of Star Wars history. So that's the first thing. The second thing that has people really upset is the reveal. Uh, all those Raylo stanners were, <sighs> shippers were kind of really, <laughs> they held in there for three movies over the course of all these years, and they were finally happy at the end of Rise of Skywalker because, spoilers for Rise of Skywalker, spoilers, at the end, um, Ray defeats Palpatine but kind of loses her life in the process, and it's Kylo Ren Ben Solo who kind of crawls up from this pit and kind of uses this force transfer technique that Ray had used on him to kind of give her, to restore her to life by sacrificing his own life force. And right before he dies, and she, there's this moment where they're both kind of alive for a second, and she gives him this kiss, and everybody was like, oh, you know, what does this kiss mean? And yeah. this was the Raylo ship moment and stuff. But were well, people outraged about that as well? Yeah, they, oh yeah, there's, so no, there's, there's outrage, like no there's outrage all over this thing. Yeah, but now yeah. they've okay. outraged everyone. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and so like now Lucasfilm <laughs> has kind of like, it's weird, because they've just kind of like made it ma- everyone mad, like Megan just said, by kind of in the novel revealing that this kiss was like this passion. It wasn't about it was romance. Meaningless. It was not meaningless. It was a thank you kiss. It was a kiss. friend kiss. It was a friendly thank you kiss. Ow. Which I, when I wrote the article about this, I was like, okay, on the one hand, that's lame. So can we who kiss our friends that, now? Yeah. But yeah, here's the key. Here's who the key. Does, who, who friend that kisses? Was, like that, <laughs> that's what I said at first. And then I took back Leia? and I said, yeah, Star Wars yeah. does. I was like, you kind of have to Leia let that Luke? be a thing because if you start arguing that there is right? no such thing as like friendship kisses, then, then it gets that, yeah. Yeah. and weird. Well, no, yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's real we weird. Like... So I was just like, when I think about it, yes. Friendship kisses are a Star Wars okay. thing. Absolutely not. First, I am. First of all, I'm an unapologetic Raylo stand. Come fight me. I'm about like, it too. I, I like it. Yes. Yes. See, Janelle, we're yes. very. We're always side. on the same. You page. know, tornado can't mess that up. <laughs> what I'm saying is, there's that frustrates me about the whole friendship kiss aspect. We just have to acknowledge that the original films did not plan out very well. What was going to happen mm-hmm. between Luke and Leia? That was 900 an actual kiss and then Luke has to regret it for the rest of his no, life. No, yes, no, yes, you know, no, yes, no, yes, no, 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 yes, no, 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 It was a friendship kiss. It was not a friendship kiss. That was 900 you. Luke being into Leia. Friendship kisses. That's nope. all it is. It's nope. not a thing in anything else. <laughs> nope, that was 900% Luke being into Leia and then everyone regretting Friendship it. kiss shot first. <laughs> oh my God. All I know is that uh, everything going on with the tension between Ray and Kyle I don't know if it's necessarily meant to be passion, but there was some sort of emotion there that just wasn't all, oh, you're a good buddy of mine. Thanks for bringing me back to life. In they no were, way. And if that yeah. is what it was meant to they be, the Star then it was terribly Yeah, then they didn't execute it very well. They, they this this was the plan. Bro, they, there was the Star Wars something. Love is Blind. They met through the Force. They had a connection. They have the but Force the diet. Yeah. They like, touched and they their had little fingers interact, and had like know? a Force yeah, moment. Got there was the way. Their families got in the way. Like, yeah, it was Star Wars version of Love is Blind. show. I can't escape it. I went from here to home and watched it. It was 900% the Force diet. All I'm saying is... The Star Wars franchise is doing a great job at J.K. Rowling itself. <laughs> oh, wow. oh, 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 o
Well, I mean, to be fair, there are people who are angry about the Raylo thing, and that's fine. I understand that argument, and I will not be upset with you about it. But for people like me who did get invested into that relationship, regardless of whether you think they were baiting or not, to have given that and to have executed like that and to have let it stood for so long and then to come out with a novelization that tries to walk it back to mediate both arguments, that's the Mm. issue just overall Star Wars has had was being in the middle of the lane. They're not picking one side of the fence to the other. Their lukewarm decisions are what's arguably making and diluting the power of the franchise that it had. Just make a decision and stand with it. Yeah. That's that's the thing that frustrates me. Can we do a round of applause? Comic Nation would like to say we did not (laughs) know that this kind of rant was going to take place against Disney. I'm so uh, impressed. Uh, the opinions of that one of am- one Megan Peters. I mean, if you're talking at about... Megan Peter, see, I, that was really good. That was and good. out of the entire hashtag Dang. comic book nation uh, organization or <laughs> But uh, yeah, yes, yes, uh, yes. So I'm more mad about the clone thing with how big clones were, like yeah. tying that off as, you know, Emperor Palpatine not has secretly making his clone army, but making clones of himself. But wasn't like a really long time jump between like that the clone version being created by him and then to where we were? Yes. And then what did his mind change? I mean, this is a whole different type of guy like well, what if he went on vacation says, right, and was like, like happy found the love of his life like <laughs> it's weird because the book then has this whole thing of like there was one vial left. left and like there's yeah. so much detail in this and i'm like could you put any just put any of it yeah. in the in the yeah, film but my whole point is like cloning such a big part of the series and like that whole thing like it, it was a major narrative tie around mm-hmm. to say oh this guy who planned the whole clone army in that whole scheme like also had this sub scheme where he made clones of himself like mm-hmm. and you yeah. just let it out and there wasn't anything else in the film you could have cut out to put that in very important piece of information alright before we get too deep down this we're going to move right along to uh, Marvel news so these Marvel Disney Plus series are on their way and as we anticipate Falcon and Winter Soldier and WandaVision arriving this year we're also looking forward to kind of the future there were some big exciting announcements before we even got the first show which is that it, that line of Marvel Disney Plus already has kind of its own phase two, quote unquote, yeah. where we're going to get Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, and of course, uh, She-Hulk. So the She-Hulk series is coming. That's happening. And this week we got a kind of exciting bit of news because one of the dangling threads in the franchise right now is what the hell are they going to do with Mark Ruffalo and mm-hmm. Hulk? Yeah. Um, he was kind of left in a very precarious place after Avengers Endgame. And we got some exciting news this week that he was in talks for She-Hulk and he confirmed it. So Mark Ruffalo is coming to She-Hulk. So exciting. um, Which is good because, I mean, Hulk, it seems one of the first lessons of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is Hulk probably works best playing off other people and and other storylines, kind of like Punisher in that way. I could see this being any number of things, but most importantly, it's a good way to tie off like Hulk's story for now. And do a passing of the torch in She-Hulk and with what happened in Endgame with his injury, his busted wing and all that. Yeah. I can see that happening. Uh, I'm just going to put the pressure on Matt because you're a comic book expert. So tell us, is this going to be good? It really – well, okay, two things. One, it also – I think this works out perfectly. Two because, things. That's already not expertise. Uh, that's that's a, two things. No, two things on your earlier point because no, I think kidding. this actually helps because Hulk still can't do – they still can't do a full Hulk movie because of rights. So that's why he's only in movies that are group films. He can't be in his own yet because of licensing rights to Universal. Universal. Yeah, Universal. When is that going to come out? Oh, Universal. Universal's (laughs) like the Alamo of Marvel. They're not letting that go for anything. They got everything back from almost every studio from the 90s (laughs) set-off. But Sony held Spider-Man, obviously, and then Universal's like the other one. Yeah. And Universal, unlike Spider-Man, is like not doing... Yeah, we don't. They're too big for Disney to buy yeah, right Universal, now anyway so i mean they're doing yeah. good so, so the this Hulk is perfect is disney disney plus is a perfect way to skirt that issue you can get around it because wow. it's just film it's not tv so they can do that and this also works because where we left off is a natural we're starting to get to that closing point where you can mm-hmm. round off hulk's story pass it on because really this world only needs one hulk I character yeah. uh if they do well i mean you need one good hulk one good hulk yes. character right so you don't Two Hulk. just seems to be a little bit like they they they've done really well with Ruffalo, but 
I don't think they would know what to do with two Hulks in a in a Marvel big Marvel team up movie unless it had something to do with passing the torch. If yeah. they go with Dan Slott's She Hulk run, yes, you are. This could be wonderful. They still haven't said mm-hmm. what run they're going with. Like She Hulk has had a couple really good runs actually, but a lot of them. The one that makes the most sense is actually the one I don't want, which is the after Civil War two. She Hulk run that was kind of like it. It had a really good premise of she's dealing with uh, the rage and all that, and she's trying to balance her ordinary life of being an attorney and like being a person in the world and being this ultra power thing who can't control her powers. That seems like a much easier fit into the current MCU. Yeah. But Slot's run was great because it essentially was following her day life of she was She Hulk yeah. even as an attorney. Like, she was always green. She was, like, yeah. as an attorney, oh, wow. defended she, yeah. other superheroes in regular oh, court cool. cases. Yeah, she was, like, and so villains. Too. Yeah. And yeah. Slot is really funny. Uh, so it, the she's comedy like banter. even-tempered. Yeah. Like she yeah. doesn't fly off the handle a lot. No, she was very yeah. patient. That That's why she was always good yeah. for as an opposite to Hulk because she unlike him. Now. But mm-hmm. now. It's also an obvious metaphor for how men and women. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Emotional. And, oh. you know, but now yeah. in later times, like currently, she's less that and more like yeah. the typical Hulk kind of character. She's always in her Hulk form and she's with the Avengers and stuff like that. So some of that would make, it would be an easier fit. I hope they go with the other. It will be more difficult, but man, it would be like an Ant-Man or some, it would be very different, very refreshing and something the MCU could use. I like to balance it out with like a, oh, I'm sorry, Megan. I I just want to say like a kind of just a story about, you know, because it is her origin, like her tragic Marvel origin is she almost dies. She needs this blood transfusion Mm -hmm. from Bruce Banner. And it would be interesting to see like a woman who has like a very, busy kind of life, professional yeah. life, dealing with all these pressures already, then having to deal with this literal, like, rage monster inside. Yeah, like, and knowing Marvel, like, they'll yeah. pick. They'll cherry yeah. pick things from both and make this weird mashup that really could work because you see her in the courtroom, like, defending vi- – she defends villains, too. Yeah. Like, it was mm-hmm. people who were uh, – she tried to be kind of honest about it, so whoever was, like, wrongly accused, she would defend, and it was great. So that could be awesome if they do it right. Yeah, the dance lot run – is the first run that like I was ever introduced to with She-Hulk when I yeah. started reading that title. And I have like a deep love for that. I thought it would always suit the MCU very well. Mm-hmm. And to imagine it being done like periodically, like with a TV series, like episodically rather than a film, I think suits that story way better Absolutely. than like the more current iterations of Jennifer Walters when she's like, that. it just doesn't like cohesively work. And I feel yeah. like with the addition of Mark Ruffalo, that would only strengthen the cohesive bond between like the episodes and then the episodes within the MCU. Yeah, That's like such a good like balancing point. And the idea of Jennifer Walters just being able to like do her daily business. I feel like that's also more approachable from like a production standpoint yeah, exactly. of yes. doing this. Cause I mean, in terms of CGI and a lot of the effects that are going to go into creating the Hulk, obviously Mark Ruffalo's job in his little weird gray pajamas yeah. filming <laughs> on like Avengers is difficult to do, especially for like a TV show, even with Marvel's money behind yeah. it. So I think that would definitely suit best. Also, it's just so funny. She oh, has like great. the best dry sarcasm. Like it's she just hilarious. has no time. So. And they got a lot of like B and D, a lot of characters. I like a lot of B and D list characters for the book. So she would defend all these like randoms that you forgot it's were around. Introduction and then like, big, yeah. yeah. And, and those people could go off to then have their exactly. own little I would like to see the hood well. and the street stuff all built up too. Oh, that'd be awesome too. Yeah. All right. So when we come back, We all have some work to do because we're all going to break down some reviews, recaps, and all that good stuff for you guys. From comics to The Walking Dead to anime to what's going on on streaming. So be sure to stay tuned for all of that. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. 
Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. All right, up first. Janelle Wheeler. Oh, my God. You survived a tornado. <laughs> I did. Just to talk about the dead. I watched. The walking dead. Uh, yeah, so season 10B is going to, is uh, ongoing. And uh, as I sent to you in a message earlier, like, before you had seen the episode, <laughs> to try to whet your appetite to go and watch it. Yes. Yo. I had to go to a Starbucks to go watch. Yeah. yeah. It, it got really great. real this week. Yeah. Um, ironically, I feel like we always say this when it's all always crashing and burning, but Walking Dead has been really good. I'll just preface that. So good now. Yeah, and these uh, episodes have been, the last two of season 10B have been. Do you want to know why they're so great? Why is that? Greg is directing. He directed oh, Greg Nicotero, yeah. So he doesn't normally do the second uh, like episode two of the season of like a uh, the second half of the season, so I don't know why he came back to do the second one, but I'm so glad he did. This one played out like a throwback old school horror yeah. film, yeah, and, this one and was that's like legit specialty. scary again. And he did it beautifully. We had the creeping walkers out of nowhere. We had. Um, Beta in, yeah. in the house scene. Good slasher when was, movie stuck in oh there. Oh, God. Um, Great slasher movie. If you guys haven't watched it, just one more time. Hey, we're throwing out some spoilers. Yeah. Uh, we have to say that. Walking Dead spoilers Walking coming your Dead way. Walking Dead spoilers. Uh, basically, this episode is nonstop action, which I didn't think was going to happen, and that was great. It's always a nice surprise. It starts off with just a flat-out Rosita having a nightmare of her baby being stabbed in the head by a walker or by a whisperer. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't know. Wow, you don't know. You're like, no, this can't really be happening. And then, like, thank God, you know, she wakes up and it's a terrible nightmare. That's but getting mad hard. <laughs> it's just things like Brutal. that. It's just little nuances, like little things that they do to really get your heart racing. And, you know, one of the favorite characters of the entire series is Norman Reedus, uh, Daryl. And when he has his moment of reckoning him and alpha have this crazy battle and yeah it gets into that fast too oh in this episode it just goes it right shows in shows his perspective of like his face is gashed and there's like blood covering his eye and you can see from it literally is like as if he was looking oh, through yeah. trying to kill walkers with like losing his eyesight and blood dripping it's crazy um, and yeah, then we get a reunion with Alpha and her daughter, um, which is super important, I think, for the rest of the series or the, the rest of the Whisperer War, because this triggers her. Um, basically, long story short, her daughter decides to go and kind of rescue Daryl instead of staying with her dying mother. And uh, Alpha is kind of rejuvenated. She's like, OK, I'm done. Like this is her last shred of humanity was like hanging with her with her daughter and her daughter made the choice. And now, oh, oh man, the war, the war is happening. It's going to be really, really good. We still don't know what happened to two of our characters who were stuck in the cave after the big avalanche situation. One of them <laughs> um, made a Marvel movie, so. Yeah, I'm hoping that that they survive, but even if they just have smaller roles or something, but you know, you never know. We did find the secret passageway. There's just so many little things. You have to stay on top of it if you're watching it and like really pay attention to details because it keeps you on the edge of your seat. You're loving it. You're getting character development. You're getting story development, but you're also getting walkers. You're getting the whisperers. It's just so good. It's so good. I'm. This is the show that got me into comics. I I was into comic books because of a show. Yeah. And this was it. And I will stay loyal to the show forever. I love it. It gets me so riled up and excited. So yeah. Yeah. Definitely Walking you guys check Dead it out really happened. This was a great episode. I do suggest checking it out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a thrill ride. And we have Maggie to look forward to coming up too. I think she's coming back to the show. What? I thought she's coming back, making an appearance. I don't need her. Oh, <laughs> so he's shaking on. his head, thought, you guys. Kofi was shaking his head, and my heart like dropped to my feet. Go make another whiskey tango. I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. So I have a quick thing. Yeah, uh, question because I remember the buzz leading into the previous war where it was like Negan, like that whole yeah. thing leading into that. And people were so excited, and then it felt like that whole thing kind of let people down. Does it, this yeah. is this going to? F- like, are you more excited? Do you see this Listen, delivering on this? Because that's a I huge this, event yes. from the comic. Yeah. Uh, so far, this is the most exciting actual war. Like, I mean, we've I had agree. the one with the governor, and we had the one with Negan. They are the scariest um, villains to and me. This is better because in the whole like, series. So yeah. Far. Like this episode has like a whole slasher sequence where that maniac Beta like sneaks through a grave into the city. 
And they literally comes they out all, of the grave. Get, they get all the forces Ugh. to go out, and he sneaks in. And there's an awesome sequence of him going through these houses and just slaughtering people. Yeah. And waiting for them to wake up as zombies and leading a whole horde of zombies <laughs> out to attack the town using their own. Oh dead my people. lord, yeah. that is nuts. Just so he can that use all a mission horrifying. just to get into like a prison cell and kill the one of their own who flipped on them. Yeah. Or to take her spy. back. Yeah, and there's a whole tense thing with that. That's awesome. Like with the Negan yeah, it's, war, it's awesome. it was it it was so built up because like we didn't know if they were going to stay true to the comics where they did. We did lose Glenn. And I, I think that that if they were going to change anything on the show was to keep the heart of the show, which was Glenn. And it, when when that happened, a lot of people, instead of being satisfied that it aligned with the comics, we all just kind of went, how could you do this? Like yeah. we we lost like such a huge player and Abraham, like they both, you, it was just really hard to bounce back from that. Yeah. And that's when so many people went, I'm done watching the show. I'm a lot more yeah. simple. I didn't mind yeah. them getting their heads bashed in. I was cool with that. I like the bashing in, but just not those characters. It's really eh. hard because the original team is gone. I mean, I know, no- but I think that's yeah. actually better for the walking in, but we could do that all day. Okay. Yeah. I think for <laughs> me, the bottom line is the mechanics of the humans fighting the humans always gets kind of murky and mm-hmm. dumb. And the people who make The Walking Dead aren't the best. They're not Michael Bay. So, like, them shooting an entire Right. It's just a lot of people fight. shooting at yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. And it, this and, is different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this, you finally crazy. have villains that incorporate the zombies with the murdering. And it's yeah. mental, so, like, too. It's a horde. They bring, like, a whole horde of yeah. zombies in, like Daryl. And, you know, Janelle was describing, like, the blood coming in his eyes. But there's a human being weaving in and out of this whole thing of zombies that are attacking him, stabbing and cutting him at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, because they blend in with yeah. the zombies. So... Like that's what makes this so good is that these guys are creepy to begin with about the way they've learned to kind of move. And their leader things. is sick. I and mean, their she's like in smart, and so like they're smart, they're cunning, and they incorporate the zombies too. So it's everything about the show like that actually yeah. makes it scary. Right, so tune into The Walking Dead. If you don't want to do that, you can help on over to streaming because I got some streaming selects for you this week. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a quick rundown on two uh, new streaming shows that are out. The first is Amazon's Hunters, which you saw advertised during the Super Bowl. That's Al Pacino, uh, Logan Lerman, and a bunch of other people in the cast. That's about kind of based on the real-life account of Operation Paperclip, which was something that happened after World War II when the U.S. smuggled in a bunch of Nazi scientists and strategists and military people and gave them American identities. Whoop, knock my mic out, knocking down this whole studio. <laughs> I'm my own tornado. But uh, just so that they can basically keep them on the side of working for the U.S. and not go to the Soviet Union after World War II. And so it's about this group of people in New York who begin to get tangled up in hunting down these Nazi kind of people and killing them and doing this kind of vigilante act on behalf of the Jewish people and a lot of other people who were, you know, brutalized in World War II. Um, It's produced by Jordan Peele, and it it is really crazy. It is... Very much like The Boys. Okay. Um, it looks in awesome. flavor. I want like, yeah. Because I didn't know if it was going to be like more historical drama, like yeah. what it was. But no, it's very much like The Boys. Like it's very larger than life, over the top, like kind of. There are these wonderful sequences they do of like, there's one about Huntsville, Alabama, and how a lot of these Nazis were brought to Na- NASA, and that's why we won the moon race, is oh. because we had these German rocket scientists yeah. who were used making like uh, VX rockets and things like that. Yeah. And during World War II, um, and it's all them having like American backyard cookouts and all things, and because they stationed them in Huntsville, Alabama, near NASA yeah. headquarters, and it's just like, and at the end, it's like Alabama. This is some F up S, like, and this really happened, and they're like, so they're like these weird like sequences that you get that are like about like which parts of it are real yeah. history and things like that. Whoa! Um, so it's very over the top, and it's very Jordan Peelish in the sense that it's. Very kind of comedic sometimes, but very scary in other times. And like when they're hunting these Nazis and doing that, like that stuff is so scary in this show. Like it's a crazy good thriller um, because there are these people who are just used to posing like all American, yeah. all people. But when they do that apt pupil like flip oh, and that oh. switch flips and like the kind of crazy yeah. Nazi that comes out. Yeah. yeah, like Ugh. that. It, wow. It's so freaky in the cast who's playing the Nazis, like Dylan Baker. Pacino looks from, amazing. Uh, oh, Pacino's great in this. Like Al Pacino is really great in this. Logan Lerman is really great in this. Um, and there's a guy, he's a newcomer actor who plays like the Nazis, like Hitman, who is like the creepiest villain. He's like, um, uh, what's his name in The Boys? Uh, 
the guy who um, the Superman guy. I forget his name. Oh, uh, uh, Homelander. Homelander. Yeah. He's like the Homelander oh, of this show. Oh man. He's just this Nazi guy who looks like an all-American good boy, but then he starts talking to people and he just starts saying these increasing. I do love Homelander. He's <laughs> <laughs> sociopath. Like it's and it's also deeply affecting because what the other side of Hunters does is it gives you a lot of historical background. There's a lot of controversy because some of it is exaggerated and dramatized yeah. about concentration camps and the exact horrific things that they did. But some of it is very real. But it really makes you understand the kind of lasting impact of what the trauma of World War II really is for, yeah. like, some of the people who lived through those camps and mm-hmm. went through that. And it's deeply affecting about the sadness and just, like, the horror of it. And it really freaks you out about the idea of fascism ever kind of being secretly embedded in America and kind of wow. having this re-rise and, and yeah. that. And it's very timely and kind of stoking that fear in you and being like, holy crap, like this is really how bad, you know, and how crazy this really is. So Amazon's Hunters, really entertaining, really affecting. Um, kind of, I was surprised by that. I didn't know how I was going to be able to it's take that. It's on because that looks it is on Yeah, YouTube, so yeah. check that out. It's um, it's binge. It's not weekly, so it's all out there right now. It's 10 episodes, and I think there's a season two coming because yes. uh, season one gets a little bit, I mean, as it goes on, it gets more and more less historical and more and more comic booky. Yeah. Mm. Um, and by the end, it's, it's like almost like full-on comic booky. Oh, so, wow. Like, yeah, there's some crazy twist to the ending. I mean, even with the trailer, play. it didn't seem very comic booky. No, like I said, it seemed like it would be like more historical. But yeah. no, by the end, it's very comic booky and like twists on history and things like that. So it's like every Assassin's Creed starts out incredibly <laughs> historical, and yeah. then five <laughs> hours in, you're like, uh, uh. Leonardo yeah. <laughs> yeah. da Vinci is the only thing that's true. Here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, by the end, like yeah, it's it's very much like wow. that. Like yeah, so. The other one is Altered Carbon. So um, when Altered Carbon came out like forever ago, uh, I saw it right after yeah, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, story. and I loved it. Um, Megan and I <laughs> yeah. have been talking for a long time. Like it's the most, it was the most live action anime ish thing I've ever seen Hollywood kind of produce. Oh, wow. uh, Leonida Kaylee Agridis. Oh my god, I butcher her name all the time, but uh, she's a great writer. She did like uh, Shutter Island. I think she was involved. I can't remember. Was she involved in Alita? Uh, I don't remember. I don't believe I think she was at some point, but I don't yeah. know if she was the one that actually made it to the screen. But anyway, she's a great writer, and it's about – it's based on this book series, and it's about people where our, basically our memories and souls are kind of stored in these chips that can be, you know, quote-unquote what they call re-sleeved, which is put in new bodies. And so you can live for centuries at a time in different bodies and stuff. And it's about this kind of guy who's named Takashi Kovacs, who's the last envoy, which is a specialty type of soldier – that was trained by this kind of revolutionary named Qualcris. Oh, there's this whole mythology, okay? So anyway, in season I love two, the original like the guy who played the Joel very first, God, no, the the Asian gentleman. Oh yeah, he well there's was two because so that's good. I just love yeah, that Kofi so, got so tired crazy. of his own. It's like so crazy. <laughs> like, I had a hard time watching the first. This mythology is correct. Of the lead, and then oh, you Joel Kinnaman. Yeah, so I'm very much looking forward to checking out this next season. No, I like. I actually like Joel Kinnaman, and um, but uh, uh, that's kind of like my whole shtick about this is, yeah. So it is kind of a weird change to see Joel Kinnaman's character become Anthony Mackie in the second season. Is that an easy transition to kind of follow? Or is no, it kind I mean, of it's, like, always, it's, this kind of, it's always disorienting. <laughs> yeah, Will Young yeah. Lee is one version of Takashi Kovacs. Yes, he was, my, then, he was great. Yeah, and then there's like another uh, Asian famous star that's another version of him at think... a different point. Now it's like gets really confusing in season one. It's like yeah. when they tried to switch two out. Asian versions of him and then he becomes yes. Joel Kinnaman. So like, it's like when they tried to switch out Harriet from Family Matters and they right. gave us a new Harriet. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, that's not, not Harriet. <laughs> hey, Harriet. You can't Aunt Viv me. Fresh Prince. I know what's going on. I know oh. that Becky from the oh other Oh my God, Aunt Viv. That <laughs> yeah. messed me up. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, that's a whole other <laughs> thing. We won't get into the Ann Viv light skin, dark skin thing. We will, that's a whole other thing. That's a, that's kind of like black inside baseball, but anyway, moving <laughs> on. So like, yeah, so that's a little throwing, but Anthony Mackey does a good job and Kashi Kovacs, the whole thing is he's just kind of a smarmy asshole. So like that's his personality. Okay. So Anthony Mackey's really good at doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. and so like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And you have Simone Missick from, uh, Luke oh, Cage hey, and this. Yeah. like she's killing it. She's got a lot of work. She's got that CBS show, like where she's the judge and stuff, but like, yeah, so she's in it. But the whole concept, like I said, is a very anime-ish world, and I love it. It's good to see in live action. Alter Carbon Season 2 brings a lot of the same elements back that you love. There's a couple of twists um, with Takashi Kovic's or, or, uh, origin and all that coming back around. 
uh, Lorena Lauren from Power, who, if you guys ever watched Power, was um, Angela Valdez. She was the female lead of Power. Um, yeah, she's in it this season as a villain, and she's pretty good. It's good to see her again. So, Ultra Carbon, this is not a hopping on point if you have okay. if you have no idea. And I was going to ask. Do okay. they recap it for you? Yeah, they okay. recap it, but like, like you saw me remember. try to explain it, right? Yeah. yeah. Because like trying to recap Ultra Carbon is like trying to explain Marvel's Cable to people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like after a while, their eyes just have those like spiral things going on in them. And they're just like, uh, like yeah. So, uh, if you're interested, this is a good series. If you're going to spend time and really get into the world of it, it, it's really good. They have great action scenes, all that stuff. Um, so check it out. But uh, yeah, if you are just and now we have time. It's coronavirus time, so if you guys are staying in, Ultra Carbon's a good one season, two season run you can do. Awesome. Um, you'll be pretty entertained. So check that out. All right. So that's my spiel. Hopping right over. I think up next we had Megan Peters, Queen Ooh, of oh. Anime. Over there in the cut, uh, you're going to tell us about a movie, an anime movie that is killing the U.S. box office. That's awesome. My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising. Megan's done a review, and she's going to break it down for you guys, all you My Hero Academia fans, which, let me just say, if you are not watching that, if you're a superhero fan, even if you're not an anime fan, you're messing up. So Oops. be on top of My Hero Academia. <laughs> I got you, Janelle. Sorry. That's a great reaction. Okay. All right. Well, I got you, Janelle. So basically, <laughs> let me pitch this to you. Uh, so um, the last week, um, My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising, finally made its debut in the U.S. So it came out in Japan um, last August or so. And so now it's fully English dubbed. It's in theaters. So you can check it now for a limited time at a theater near you. You just have to look up your local screenings. Um, so basically, this is the second film in the franchise. And for those who don't know the franchise, like Janelle, because I'm pitching this to you. Uh, <laughs> basically, the series is set in a superhero world where... like. Like 98% of people in the world have some sort of supernatural power. They're called quirks. And so the story focuses on a boy named Izuku who was born without a superhero, but his number one kind of goal and dream in the world is to become the world's greatest superhero. So he winds up inheriting the world's greatest superpower from the number one hero, All Might. And it's kind of Izuku's journey to become a superhero as he trains at a high school specifically meant for superheroes to kind of grow up, kind of like Sky High but anime and way I cooler. remember Sky High. Yeah, yes. so if you're thinking okay. Sky High, it's that, but like a million times better and more addictive. Oh, it so, is my hero, Academia. Yes. <laughs> oh, so <now> it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so there are four seasons currently um, in the anime, and the manga's way further ahead. So this movie takes place a little further ahead in the manga, but it's not spoilery at all. You're not going to feel like you're missing anything. And this movie particularly follows... Azuku and his classmates as they're sent on a school trip to become an uh, this kind of remote island off of Japan, um, their main superhero association, which is all great because that island's like super peaceful. It's almost like Nirvana. Nobody ever gets upset except for like a cat stuck in a tree, like that classic scenario. Until one of the world's most dangerous superheroes comes to that island super with villains? his well, it's it's the super villain. And then his lackeys <laughs> okay. who show up. Um, and so the supervillain is named Nine, and he brings his lackeys, which are also super bad news. Uh, they show up, and they fight a lot, and there's some really epic fight scenes, some moments like that. So if you love animation purely, this looks gorgeous. If you love My Hero Academia, this has everything you could want from the series. And if you're just a fan of superheroes, this is a really just fun movie to watch. It's just a super kind of condensed little one-off story that you could um, easily see happening in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe or something with the Young Avengers. Um, but there's just something super satisfying about this film. So I'm a huge fan. Definitely. Yeah. Where do you stream that? Where is it? So for the movie, currently, it's only available in theaters to watch. Animation will be releasing it um, on home video at a later date. But you can see this in theaters today. Um, if you want to catch a screening, if they have power here in Nashville from the oh, tornado. Gosh, I have no power. You yeah. just reminded me. I'm going to go to a movie theater yes, for sure. Yes, go to a movie Our theater. That's what I'm going to do tonight. Yeah. yeah, there you go. 
definitely recommend My Hero Academia. Um, if you want to watch the actual anime, you can watch it a ton of places. It's on Hulu. It's on Funimation. It's on Crunchyroll. Um, it's on a bunch of uh, websites that you can see it there. And the first movie um, is also available on home video right now. So you can watch that, um, get the movie off Amazon or Funimation or anything like that. So Definitely recommend. Season four is still going on, so you have plenty of time to catch up with the show if you'd like. I've gotten basically everyone here at the office obsessed. Sold. Yeah, we say it before, we say it again, like, My Hero Academia might be the best superhero lore going on right now in comics. And wow. or on like TV, uh, it really is. Um, it's really, really good. Stuff. If you're starting off the series on like Hulu or something, is that is there anything you need to know when you're getting into it? The main it? character cries a lot for the first half okay. of the first season. So just get through that part. Yeah, I sent my a lot of angry texts when I started watching. <laughs> it. I swear to God, I got like yeah. one more. No, I'm uh, so glad you yeah. said that. Yeah. 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 He cries a lot, but. He, he don't cry anymore. Let's just put it that way. Okay, he cool. doesn't yeah. cry anymore. I'll say this so with he, anime. Traditionally, you kind of need to get first the get through the first three to four episodes before action really picks up. That's just with basically any anime, yeah. the way that okay. storytelling and formatting and plotting and pacing seems to work with the Japanese storytelling and narrative. So they go the old school. They actually like do the whole, yeah. here's this person, here's their yeah. life, here's a day in their life. Yeah, they want you to oh, really shit. know. They're I think like my of, only idea of that is Doki Doki. I played that game yes. and that messed me up. It was yeah. so twisted. Does anyone, she knows about it. I know where you're coming from. Oh, now. gosh. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. it was same, same. It was the slowest game and I was just going, why am I playing this? What's yeah. going on? And then all of a sudden, sudden it gets real. the S hits the fan. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, like Persona. Yeah. Like if you play Persona, it takes a really long time to yes. get it going. But then when things get serious, it gets Serious. Okay, but that game takes way too long for that. Okay, All I right. agree. <laughs> All right, we got a limited time. We're not going to spiral off oh, into geez. this. We're going to bring it back down. My Hero Academia, Heroes Rising, is in theaters. The or There's another movie, Two Heroes, that was previously came out that's available to stream different places on cable, I know. Um, and the anime is on Funimation and on Hulu, so you can just watch the regular series if you want to get started. Cool. And the manga's free on Shonen, or you can read a lot of that on Shonen Jump for either free or very cheap, like 99 cents a month. So check that out. All right, Matt, we're going over to gaming. Yo. Because Matt has gotten to play the Final Fantasy remake demo. I can't it's, believe you got to play that yeah, already. You, this is a game that kind of defined my childhood in the late 90s. I disappeared. I mean, I disappeared from school and the yep. world for about a week or so, 10 days, during a blizzard in Philadelphia. And <laughs> yeah, I became obsessed with that game. I've never fought so hard to win and beat a boss and save awesome. the world. Uh, yeah, I was, it, was, it was very serious. And then people told me it was a video game, and eventually they let me out of the institution. But anyway, I that's a whole just... separate story. But uh, I'm psyched, that's all to say, for the Manic <laughs> Fantasy seven demo so i'm gonna stare at you like a creep while you just tell us is it good uh it's great yeah it's it's fantastic now uh i've seen some people and it it really is gonna come down to what you prefer if you prefer turn-based this changes up the formula i i mean the original had the active uh time battle system where you it was still running so enemies could attack you but it was still separated by turns so like Cloud would take his turn, Barrett would take his turn, and all that. This changes up things to be more like games like Star Ocean uh, or uh, Grandia is another one, uh, Tail series. Those are ones that your characters are all moving and attacking on their own, and you're switching between them in real time. So it is a little bit like for people who just played the original and haven't really played those other franchises, it's going to be a little difficult to kind of get your bearings, especially when Barrett comes in about halfway through the demo and you start you know, having to take targets out that are like far away that Cloud clearly can't reach. So they structure the levels that way. It's going to take a minute because that was a little weird for me at first. Even I've played a bunch of other stuff like that. But when you come into this, you kind of expect, oh, I'm going to get all my time. And I knew coming in, it was active. Uh, but being able to pull off like a braver attack with just like tapping the L1 and then hitting a button and being able to pull off some of those like special attacks in a moment and in rhythm. So like you're attacking a couple combos, you're hitting with a heavy strike and then you just, he jumps up and like does that full on slash. And then you see the limit charge. Like, and it's awesome. Like seeing all that go back and forth. Blocking is actually like a legitimate thing here and not oh, just nice. the turn-based blocking. So like you're getting pelted uh, by the first boss that you've seen in the trailers and stuff. Uh, and you're blocking and it. Literally 
it, I mean, it's not reflecting, so it's not like a Star Wars thing, but it looks like it's all so cinematic being able to really play these things out and not just have you select the icon and he, and he blocks a little bit. Everyone remembers those sprites. Oh, he defends oh, and yeah. it just oh, locks yeah. up and you're like, oh, that's great. He's just standing still for a minute. It's cool cinematic. There's is a really cool thing. Uh, I also loved what they did with uh, Jesse. Uh, I thought she was one of like the standout characters in the demo, a character that gets like gloss overed uh, in the in the original. So uh, Barrett is a little over yes. the top, is a little much. Uh, the dialogue, because he was always that way in the text, mm-hmm. but now that you have a voice for all those like over the top mannerisms, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's a little like dude chill. And the best part is that Cloud addresses all this in real time. So like you're fighting yeah. and Barrett's saying stuff in the background and Cloud is like, shut up while you're attacking stuff. Like there's in-game banter, not just That's in yeah. uh So it's great. I also was a little bummed that Steve Burton is not doing the Cloud voice anymore, but this one's good. So anyway, go download it. It's free. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a good solid uh, 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah, about, I, so. I played it for about an hour and 20 minutes, yeah. but I also suck at it. So, <laughs> well, I wasn't used to the active combat. I mean, I, I've tried to keep, I don't, I've tried to ignore a lot of information on this because I'm yeah. so attached to seven and I wanted to come in. So I was expecting it to be just like it was because I'm a naive person. And then I came <laughs> in and it was very different, but I really do like the dynamism of it. Yeah. Um, still getting used to Cloud's voice. Yeah, Cloud's voice is a little odd. And it's not bad. It's no, just it's great. Steve Burton it's was awesome. Actually, I mean, I haven't played it in so long. I'm so separated from that. I, I oh, can't good. Like, well, and like Burton's been doing so like. used to like reading the Are text. you going to pick this up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. I've yeah. I mean, this. Burton did Advent Children. Yeah, Burton Advent did Children. Hearts, so <laughs> he's been the voice for me. For and so plus, long. you get to hear a bunch of people yelling, Cloud, Cloud. Awesome. Good to gold. I just Tifa. Thank you. <laughs> and hit all the canisters when you're in the level because you will get uh, a couple. Like, there's actually a thing to get. Oh, uh, nice. Towards the end, if you actually keep hitting all the containers, so the all right, that's Final Fantasy VII demo. You know we're gonna have a review for you when that hits, if it hits. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just Comes kidding. out in April, man. <laughs> yeah, it's that, right around the corner. Oh. That's the current. Cool. It's legit. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen today. All right, so we're gonna go right from games to comics. Matt, what's coming out this week? What should we be on the lookout for? All right. So uh, we actually have a lot of interesting number ones. So starting out with Aftershock Comics, uh, Join the Future number one. It's essentially about um, the world has become consumed by all these utopian megacities that essentially are competing with population. So everyone's trying to be the biggest city. And so most people live in these, but... Everything is everything is done by the government. So healthcare, it's very like you can see the correlation, very topical. Uh, everything is done by the government, so there is an amount of independence you lose. And some people have stayed on the outskirt cities, just kind of trying to preserve the old way of life. And essentially, someone, a young girl, has to make that choice when a city wants to take over their space and have them kind of absorbed because they want to be number one. So it's this fight to keeping your old way of life to this new thing that probably would be better in some ways, but you know, you don't have choice. So, uh, Buffy number 13, uh, King of Nowhere, uh, is a new kind of weird, uh, dramedy mystery thriller. It's kind of all the above. It's, it's kind of weird things. So it's from boom studio. So you should definitely check it out. Uh, the art of Steven universe, the movie is out. So Roland will be quite happy with that. Uh, magicians number five, boom studios kind of spin off of the show, which sadly is going away. Canceled. <laughs> uh, Batman number 90, uh, Flash number 750, Lois Lane number nine, one of the best DC books that they're putting out that uh, I don't feel like anyone reads. Uh, oh. The <laughs> new uh, middle grade book uh, from DC is The Oracle Code, and it's fantastic. Uh, we have an interview going up with uh, uh, the artist and the um, author uh, probably in the next day or two, so definitely check out the site for that. But fantastic. If you're a Batgirl fan, this is a wonderful all-ages type of story for that. Uh, we also have Batman White Knight Deluxe Edition hardcover. I'm always talking about Curse of the White Knight on the show. This one is great. You can collect the whole first arc, or sorry, the whole first series in one place. Uh, we also have Crow, and I don't know how to pronounce this. It is L-E-T-H-E, so I'm going to say Leith. Yes. <laughs> Crow Leith, number one. There you go. Uh, is essentially, so uh, this series is like set in the Crow universe, but it's kind of the uh, Star Wars expanded universe, if if you will, for Crow. It's like different people and all these is things. Is Crow like the movie? the crow yeah it's that it's connected to that but this is what? a different person and a different like it's there that was a throwback it. movie that i was really into so you might want to read this yeah. thing. number one is out this time uh okay. death to the army of darkness number one is also out for army of darkness fans uh ghostbusters year one marvel action captain marvel volume number one is an adorable book for any captain marvel fan in your life 
Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. Uh, Transformers <laughs> Galaxies, number five. Uh, Merca and Dolfo's Mercy, number one. Uh, Outer Darkness Chew, number one, which is a crossover. Uh, then we get in the Marvel 2020 Rescue, number one. Daredevil, number 19. Excalibur, number eight. Marauders, number nine. It's the best X-Men series around. Magnificent Miss Marvel, number 13. Uh, Marvel, number one, which is the new Alex Ross series. Uh, we also have Spider-Man Noir, number one. Strange Academy, number one, which is probably going to be one of the bigger series this year because it is essentially what X-Men, when Wolverine and the X-Men came out and had all those young people kind of come into the school and have Wolverine teach them, like this Marvel's, does for magic. You can't sell anything. It's this Marvel's Harry Potter. That's not, <laughs> that's not what I would sell it as. I sold it as, as Wolverine Extra because I enjoyed Wolverine You want to sell these X-Men. books? Marvel's Harry Potter. It's awesome. I mean, that's uh, Doctor Strange is Dumbledore. He's running a magic uh, that's school. A good I love thing. Doctor Strange. That's oh, dang, dang it. Dang it. Got fine. It. Fine. Yeah. Kofi sold that way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, we also have Strike Force number seven. Uh, Uncanny X-Force, the Remender uh, series, is now in an omnibus edition, one of the best uh, X-Force runs yeah. over recent years. Uh, Web of Black Widow trade paperback is also out. Rick and Morty versus Dungeons and Dragons Volume 2 is out. Uh, and then we also have Dryad Number 1, which is a new uh, series from Oni Press and is by Curtis Weeby, who is from uh, Top Cow. Um, oh, my God. I'm blanking on the Rat Queen's uh, writer. So this is his new series. So definitely check that out. So that is comics. Awesome. All right. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Like I said, we're just happy to be alive today. We're happy to be with you guys. So thank you for checking out the show. If you were just now getting into it, I don't even know what I, oh. we're wrecking the studio. And I was, I was just gonna say, if you listen back to this episode and you take a drink every time we say the word tornado, uh, you could probably have. Some yeah, you fun. get a good buzz on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. If you're just now getting into the show, Tornado, we put up new episodes every Wednesday and every Friday on comicbook.com where you can listen to uh, to the new episodes and subscribe to our RSS feed for regular updates. Or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists. You can also find video of the show on our comicbook.com YouTube page. If you want to talk to us about anything we addressed on the show or just throw us topics or just throw us what's up or glad you're safe and all that, you can always find us at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Janelle Wheeler and on Twitch, same name. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. Megan, you want to shout from the corner? Yeah, uh, you can find me to talk about tornadoes on Twitter at Megan Peters CB. Another drink. There you go. Oh, that's Whoa. right. Yeah. Yes. If you like the show, go on iTunes. I was like thinking about tornadoes. I was he was like, taking oh, a sip if yeah. you're listening. In my head, I, I am. It's, it's happy hour in my head. Uh, if you like the show, uh, go on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. I totally was supposed to read reviews today. I said we were. Oh, my God. We totally did. Yeah. Well, tornadoes have ways of re- making you I forgot. forget things. I totally yeah, forgot. So, like, yeah. So we forgot about that. Sorry. Oh, That's tornado-related. We will be back on our regular foot uh, come this week. Uh, I would like to say we maybe do it next show, but uh, we like to wait till you're here. Janelle. I love being like, here yeah. for those. So, like, yeah, I can see you like a kid in Christmas over here. We're waiting till Janelle's back <laughs> next fun. week. It's fun. And then we'll read reviews. So uh, get those last-minute uh, five-star reviews on iTunes in, because if we read yours on the show, we send you a Comic Book Nation shirt, like the one I'm sporting. The uh, chest under it, you have to work for, though. All right. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. As always, our awkward ending. We'll see you guys later. Deuces. Deuces. 